Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in to listen today. To view this year's Christmas service in its entirety and for more information about Mariner's Church, head to the website. Be sure to stay tuned after the message for a trailer from our newest podcast. And Merry Christmas. On a silent, holy night, more than 2,000 years ago, three wise men set out on a journey, a journey guided only by the promise of hope and a distant star. This year has been marked by great distance for us all, social distance, distance work, distance learning, and distance between family and friends. Everywhere you turn, there are reminders of the gap between what was supposed to be and what now is. What do we do when the gap between our hope and our reality seems too far to bridge? Well, long before that silent night, there was a promise. The promise of a Savior. The promise of a light that would overwhelm all darkness. The promise of hope come near. This Christmas, our hope is not faded or distant. His promises are as true for us today as they were for the wise men then. So we rejoice, we celebrate, we sing a joyful song this Christmas, not because of our current circumstances, but because the truth of God's promise has been fulfilled. The distance between us and hope, the distance between us and God has been erased. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Celebrate with us. Jesus is born. Hope has come near. Welcome to Christmas at Mariners. Oh, come let us adore him. We draw near to Jesus because Jesus came here for us. If we have not met yet, my name is Eric and I'm the senior pastor at Mariner's Church. Merry Christmas. Several years ago, my my daughters got me for Christmas as a Christmas present, the game Operation, which is a super classic game. I mean, many of you probably played this growing up and the reason my daughters got me this game is they relied on my Operation skills when I would take them to Chuck E. Cheese. So you may not realize this, but Chuck E. Cheese has this massive, supersized, huge version of Operation. And I would take my daughters to Chuck E. Cheese several times a month when they were small. It wasn't my favorite place to go, but because I wanted to be with them, I would step into the world of singing animals and average pizza just to be with them. And when we went, we would take 10 bucks every single time which wasn't enough for them to win a lot of tickets. So you remember, you pay for coins and then you use the coins in games and then the games will spit out tickets for you, but they never would win enough tickets to get the prizes on the top shelf at the prize counter. And you know how this works, the the top shelf of prizes are the best prizes. It's the skateboards and the stuffed animals and the bottom shelf are the lowest prizes. I mean, those are the Green Army Men, the Dum Dums, 
the Smarties. And, and so they never had enough tickets to get the top shelf prizes. They, they couldn't afford the best. They couldn't earn the best. And this is when my operation skills came in to play because they would want me to use some of the coins for me to win tickets to give to them. And I was really good at the supersized version of operation at Chuck E. Cheese. I imagined in my mind that there were doctors on the sidelines watching, hoping to recruit me to their transplant teams. That's how good I was. I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I have a couple of pictures to show you. Here's a picture of just a couple of games of playing operation. And Eden has a string of tickets that I have won from the game. I mean, notice the woman who is sitting down eating pizza. She is in awe. She just wishes I was part of her family so I could win her some tickets, right? Here's another time, a whole different trip to Chuck E. Cheese. Look at all the tickets I've won from the game operation. And so the kids loved that I would win them tickets. In my mind, I was gonna put Mr. Chuck E. Cheese out of business, perhaps. He would wake up one day and wonder, who stole my cheese? I did. I stole your cheese because of the game operation. See, my daughters could not stand at the ticket counter with their tickets. They didn't have enough and they could not afford, they could not earn the prizes on the top shelf. They needed my tickets. And Christmas, Christmas is the incredible news that Jesus entered our world as the gift we really need, as the prize that we get to enjoy. Jesus was born into this world. He stepped into our culture and lived a perfect and pure and sinless life. And we, in our goodness, can never stand before the counter and earn him or earn the prize of eternal life and abundant life. But Jesus in his goodness, he arrived into this world. He lived perfectly. And when we trust him, we receive his perfection. We receive his forgiveness. We receive all of his tickets that he graciously and generously gives to us. And in exchange, Jesus, this King of kings and Lord of lords, he takes our sin away from us. Jesus is our savior who came here to save us from our sins and save us for himself. And he gives us all of his perfection and all of his goodness. We have a reason to sing this Christmas because this Jesus has come here for us. And those of us who know him, we have all the tickets. And now we have the prize of Jesus and the prize of abundant life and the prize of everlasting life. We have a reason to sing this Christmas, don't we? And so this is what I wanna do as we celebrate Christmas together. I want us to look at a song in scripture around the Christmas story. Actually, eight days after Jesus was born, this song was sung. His parents, his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, bring Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. Now, Jesus was born in Bethlehem and the temple in Jerusalem was five and a half miles away. So not that far for them to travel, essentially the distance between Newport Harbor High and Edison High in Huntington Beach, five and a half miles. So Mary and Joseph take Jesus on the eighth day, he's just been born and they take him to a temple to be circumcised. 
according to what the Old Testament said parents must do. And so that's what they did. And they brought him to this temple. And there is this priest there named Simeon who has been told by God that before he dies, he's gonna see the Messiah, the one who's gonna come into the world to give us all of his tickets, the one who's gonna come into the world to rescue us and be our savior. And so Simeon is about to sing this incredible song because he knows he has a reason to sing because Jesus has come here for him. So let's look at this incredible story. Look with me in Luke chapter two, verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought the child Jesus, brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God. So he's praising God and he, and he said this. So he's holding Jesus. This priest Simeon is holding Jesus on the eighth day of Jesus' life, his earthly life here, and he says this. Now, master, he's praying to God. Now, master, you can dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, I can now die. You can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother, Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and the rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. This is the word of the Lord. Simeon treats Jesus with such awe and appreciation because Jesus is who he's been longing to see. He does not do what many of us do when we see a newborn baby. I mean, let's be honest. Many of us, we get goofy when we see a newborn baby. I mean, the things that come out of our mouths when we see a cute newborn baby, we'll walk up and like, oh my, look at his eyes. Oh wow, look at his hair. I mean, some of you have even said this to the parents. I could just eat that baby alive. I mean, that sounds crazy to say that to the parents of a newborn. Simeon doesn't say anything like this. He knows as he's picking up Jesus that he is holding the Messiah who will pick him up. He knows as he's holding the Christ that he's not there to comfort Jesus, that Jesus is the one who's gonna ultimately comfort him. And Simeon filled with such joy because Christmas is here, because the Savior is here, he says two very profound things in this song that he sang. Two amazing truths about Jesus that if you will get these truths this Christmas, they will change so much about you. They will change your joy. They will impact your perspective on a new year as 2021 is about to begin. If you will get these two truths that Simeon knew and he treasured so much in your life, will be impacted, 
And so two things I want us to see from this incredible song of Simeon. Number one, we see that Jesus is the stone. And number two, we're gonna see that Jesus is the savior. First, Jesus is the stone. Notice this staggering statement that Simeon says to Mary and Joseph. He says in verse 34 of Luke chapter two, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many. That Jesus will cause some to fall and some to rise. And this is true for you as well. Jesus will cause you to either fall or rise. You will either stumble over Jesus or savor him. You will either reject Jesus or you will rejoice in Jesus. You will either trip over his message or you will trust the scandalous message of Jesus and receive everlasting life. Jesus will cause you to either fall or to rise. Many of the biblical writers picked up on what Simeon said when Jesus was just eight days old, and they said similar things in the scripture. Many referred to Jesus as a stone, meaning that he could be for you your cornerstone, or he could be the stone that causes you to stumble. Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, he said this about Jesus. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. This one has become the cornerstone and a stone to stumble over. So, so Jesus, for some, is their cornerstone, and for others is the stone that they stumble over. And what, is, what does this mean? Well, in that culture, the cornerstone is the stone that forms the beginning of the entire building. And so Jesus being the cornerstone for some means that Jesus is the center of your life. He's the one who gives you joy and peace and everything else in your life revolves around Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone or to others, he's the stumbling stone. Some rise, when Jesus is your cornerstone, you rise. If Jesus isn't your cornerstone, he's your stumbling stone and you trip and you fall over his message. Kids, let me, let me try to explain it this way. Imagine this is, this is a Lego and that Jesus is essentially like a Lego. You can, with this Lego, build something really cool in your house on Christmas morning if you get some Legos. And so this Lego can be the cornerstone of something you build, or it can be so painful in the middle of the night when your mother or father step on it, even though they got it for you from Chuck E. Cheese from the middle shelf, it's happened. And so this Lego, this small little Lego is so powerful. It can be the cornerstone of something you build, or it can be the stumbling stone. People have wondered, why is it so painful when you step on a Lego in the middle of the night, it's painful because Legos can withstand 950 pounds of pressure before they bend, 950 pounds. And so this small little Lego is powerful. And Simeon is holding up Jesus, the powerful one, the almighty one, and is saying, this Jesus is gonna cause many to rise. Many are gonna trust this Jesus and their lives are gonna rise, but this powerful Jesus can't be trampled over. He's gonna cause some to fall. And maybe you're kind of getting this. Maybe you're thinking, okay, I get, 
I get that Jesus causes many to rise. I mean, Christmas, right? The message of Jesus, he brings us peace and joy and hope. Yes, our lives rise when we trust Jesus. But why is Simeon saying that many people will fall? Why are biblical writers saying that Jesus is a stone that some people will trip over? I mean, why do people stumble over Jesus? Why do people stumble over Christmas? Maybe you've stumbled over Christmas. And here's why people stumble over Christmas, because Christmas is Jesus coming here as our king, and many people don't want a king because they want to be the king of their lives. And Jesus is the king who insists that for your life to be filled with joy and peace, that he will be the king of your life. In the Christmas story, there was a famous king named Herod. And when he heard the news that Jesus was born, he did not want Jesus around at all because he was the king. He didn't want another king competing with him. And many of us are that way. We stumble over the message that Jesus is king because we want to be king of our lives. But then there's those of us who savor that Jesus is king because all oh, life is so much better when he's in charge. He's the all, the ultimate wise one. He's the strong one. He's the gracious one. He's the powerful one. Life is better when we hand the reins of our lives over to King Jesus. When we first moved to Orange County several years ago, our daughters loved the house that we left behind in Nashville. And so we tried to include them in the process of looking for the place that we would rent when we first moved to Orange County because we wanted them to feel a part. We wanted them to love where we were going to live because they had left something that they had loved. And so early on, I mean, we're, we're trying to include them in all decisions. You know, which room would they sleep in? Um, is, do you want this house because it's closer to the church? Or do you like this house because it's closer to a Chuck E. Cheese? I mean, which house do you want to live in. We, we took them on all the tours of every house that we went into. And one night I tucked Evie in bed. And as I was tucking her in bed, she said, Daddy, I don't want to look at any more houses. Will you just please decide? I don't want to be in charge of this decision. It was a lot of pressure for her at that time to be, in, to be a part of that decision. And when she said that, I thought, that is exactly how King Jesus wants us to be towards him. And life is so much better when we allow this great king to rule us and lead us and direct us. Life is so much sweeter and so much better. Some stumble over the message that Jesus is king, but some savor it and rejoice in it. Before I became a Christian, senior year in high school, I stumbled over the message of Jesus being my king. In my mind, this was my life, and I didn't appreciate his insistence that he would be in charge. And to me, his commands would, would restrict my plans for my life. But the more I insisted on my way, the more I kept stepping on a Lego, the more I kept tripping. And in his grace, he kept loving me, and in his grace, he keeps loving you. And when I finally quit stumbling over the true message that life is better when Jesus is in charge and Jesus became my cornerstone, not my stumbling stone, is when I was filled with peace and joy. 
Jesus came to be your cornerstone. So some stumble over Jesus at Christmas because they don't want a king. And some stumble over Jesus at Christmas because they don't think they need a savior. I mean, many times we think we can save ourselves, that we can make ourselves happy, that we can fulfill ourselves. But Christmas is the message of Jesus coming here to give us his tickets because in our goodness, we are not gonna be able to get the prize on the top shelf. We need a savior. And if we admit that we need a savior, then the message of Christmas is so glorious for you. It's such good news for you. Which brings us to the second point in Simeon's song. First, he said that Jesus is the stone. Second, he says Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the savior. Simeon had one item on his bucket list, just one. I mean, he just said, I wanna see the Messiah. I wanna see Jesus before I die. There's a lot of bucket lists that go around in our culture. You know, there's sports bucket list, go to a championship game, uh, storm the field at the end of a game, make it on a jumbotron with your wife, check. I mean, there are sports bucket lists. There are um, travel bucket lists. If you look online, you'll see lots of lists of things you must do before you die. Go on an African safari, see the Northern Lights, explore the scenery of Tuscany, explore the sense of Tustin. I mean, all kinds of bucket lists, right? Well, Simeon, he just had one item, just one thing he wanted before he died, and that was for him to see Jesus. And I love the passage we read because he is holding up Jesus and he is saying, this is salvation. Salvation has come. The one who is going to make me whole, the one who brings forgiveness, the one who gives me all of his tickets, this is salvation. Salvation is here. See, apart from Jesus, there is no salvation. Apart from Jesus, you do not have forgiveness from your sins. Apart from Jesus, you are alienated from God. You cannot have a relationship with God apart from Jesus. But because of Jesus, because of Christmas, because Jesus is our savior, he has come near to us. He has brought us salvation. He has brought us forgiveness. He has brought us peace and joy and an abundant life because of Jesus, we are rescued. Jesus is not only the stone, Jesus is our savior. He's our savior. The reason Simeon is saying that not everybody is going to rise with Jesus, that some will fall, is because not everybody appreciates an intervention. And Christmas is divine intervention. Christmas is your divine intervention. It is God because he loves you so much, sending Jesus the son to this earth to do for you what you could not do for yourself, to invade our world, to bring you to himself, to make you his son or his daughter because you in your goodness cannot qualify yourself to stand before this holy God. Christmas is divine intervention. And when we realize that we need a savior, Jesus is there to forgive us and cleanse us and make us his forever. And we now have 
the best news, the greatest news to celebrate. A couple of weeks ago, I took my oldest daughter, Eden, to San Diego on just this daddy-daughter trip. And we were standing um, in downtown San Diego in front of this massive statue. It's a statue of a sailor kissing a woman. And it didn't begin as a statue. It's a famous statue, but it actually is a very famous photograph. The statue was initially a photograph. And here was the backstory of, it's one of the, the world's most famous photos. The backstory is World War II was ending and there were sailors in Manhattan in New York City and the news was announced that the war was over. And so this sailor <clears throat> is walking down the street and there's this woman next to him and everyone is celebrating and, 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 and clapping and screaming and shouting, the war is over, the thing that they longed for is over. And he reaches out and he kisses her and a photographer takes the picture. And it's just this exuberant celebration because the war is over. I stood in front of that statue with Eden, my daughter, and I thought, what would happen in our world right now that would cause me to just be filled with joy? What would happen that would cause me to be filled with this relief and this exuberance and this passion? I mean, look at that statue. What would cause me to be filled with such joy like this? What would cause you? Maybe it's a change in your life in 21. Um, maybe it would be if this would happen, just the end of the pandemic, if it could just be declared over like the war was declared over. Maybe you would just celebrate and go crazy. And as I stood in front of that statue, I was convicted because I was sitting there thinking about something else that would bring me joy. And I remembered that I already have the ultimate thing that brings me joy that the war is over, that Jesus Christ entered our world to forgive us, that he is the stone, now the cornerstone of my life who brings me peace, who brings me fulfillment. And he is the savior who came here to give me all of his tickets because in my goodness, I could never stand before God. I could never stand before the counter and earn or buy that prize. Jesus came here to, gave it, to give it to me. Jesus is the greatest reason to celebrate. I don't need to look for something else. I have the greatest news there is, and you do as well. And so how do you receive this great news? You simply believe in Jesus. You place your trust in him, and you say to him, Jesus, I don't want to try and earn my way to you, I receive you. You came into this world and I want you to come into my life. I want you to be the cornerstone of my life. Jesus is the stone. Jesus is the savior. We have the best news because 2000 years ago on a silent night, Jesus came here for us. Jesus, the savior is here. Jesus came here for us. Mariners Church, I am so proud of you. I am so excited to be part of this incredible church. I wanna thank you for your generosity, 
to Mariner's Church throughout 2020. As you can see, we have no plans of slowing down the work of God through His church. If you have not yet been generous with year-end giving, I wanna encourage you to give, not because you're trying to earn God's approval or get His attention or His affection. He's already approved you if you're His. He's already accepted you. We give because He's been generous to us. And so if you would like to join in what the Lord is doing from wherever you are, we encourage you to be generous as we wrap up 2020. Well, I wanna pray a prayer of blessing over you. I'm so glad you were part of our services on Christmas week. Will you extend your hands and let me pray over you? Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters. I ask that you bless them, that you keep them to yourself, that you fill them with your joy and your peace in this season. Will you remind them that they belong to you, that you rejoice over them with singing, that you love them so deeply. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can head to the website by clicking the link in our show notes or text MYMARINERS to 77977. And now stay tuned for a preview from our new show, Mariner's Annual Read Podcast, Gospel Every Day. Welcome to the Mariner's Church Annual Read Podcast, where you can tune in to hear the gospel every day. This year, we're walking through the wisdom literature with Tim and Kathy Keller's devotion, God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. Tune in daily to reflect on what God's Word has to say about applying wisdom in every area of life and culture. Don't forget to subscribe and grab your copy of God's Wisdom for Navigating Life at the Mariner's Bookstore or any online book retailer.